Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Aussie Nerds podcast. Usually we talk about someone's favorite movie, but today, because it's Endgame, we are going to talk about that with Jackie. Welcome back. You could have said we're going to talk about everyone's favorite movie. That's where I thought you were going with that, and then you just went, that. (laughs) I, I should have said that. Oh, yep. well, we're going back now. We don't have a time machine. We're also yeah. going to talk about spoilers. Don't we know? Because you're in the future. I am in the future. We're going to talk about spoilers, all the spoilers, spoiling, spoilers, spoilery, spoilers. Very spoilery. So spoilery. I am so excited. <laughs> all right. Let's see if we can get this done in less than a day. <laughs> if we could get this done in about an hour, I'd be impressed, but also slightly disappointed. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a three-hour movie. So True. Let's I'm go sure. for three hours. <laughs> Let's not. Minute-by-minute um, minute dialogue. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that um, that this feels like a finale. It's like we know that there's going to be other movies. We don't know what the fuck is going on. But if you wanted to drop off now, which I do, I want to move on from the MCU for personal reasons, nothing against them. I just want to move on. And I feel like this is like the best time to do it if you're going to do it at all, because it just has a, a finality to it. Indeed. Um, I like that aspect to it, which is why you know you hear a lot of people like, Tony Stark can come back. What about Black Widow? What about Steve? No, they're gone. They're done. We're not getting them back. Move on. There are new characters now. And if you don't want, if you're sad with that, then move on. And I'm, as an MCU fan, as the MCU fan, I'm perfectly fine with that. Because like you said, this is an ending. This is a finale. And if you were to walk any of this back, then you know how people are like, deaths don't mean anything in comics or comic book movies. It really wouldn't. So you have to keep this. Um, they, so the people that died is Gamora, uh, Black Widow. Okay, let me help you out here. Gamora is not dead. People that are permanently dead in the MCU are there really only two they're technically only two of them um uh, natasha and tony they are dead dead gamora is dead but she's still alive and loki is dead but still alive why is loki dead but still alive uh for the same reason that gamora is dead but still alive um they're working with alternate timelines it's just they're like this is going to be in this timeline and these people who died in this timeline doesn't matter right so, in, okay, so if you go by, like, the 2023, which is the end of Endgame, like, that's the year that they're in, um, Loki and Gamora, Loki is dead, Gamora is not dead, because, so our Gamora is dead, but the 2014 Gamora that came is still alive. So that's why I say she's not dead. So she's dead, but she's not dead. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we have alternate timeline Gamora, but she is now in our timeline, therefore she's still alive. Oh, she's still in the timeline. I thought like she went back to her other timeline. Nope. Oh, that's cool. So that that's why at the very back. end when Thor is on the ship, and uh, right before Thor started talking to Peter, 
Peter was like, he was doing a search. He was searching for Gamora. Oh. He didn't disappear. That's cool. He left after the battle and he's trying to find her. Well, she wouldn't have vanished because he wasn't with Thanos. She wouldn't, right. She wouldn't have vanished. She wouldn't have, she didn't snap. But some people have the thought that they think that like, since she's dead in real life when the battle is over, like she should have been like, she should have disappeared from the timeline. But no, that's not how it works. It's a great way to get around the whole not bringing characters back thing. Yes. Um, I love Fat Thor. We're going to jump around to things that I love. I love Fat Thor. And I, uh, I particularly love that he didn't get like buff again when he got his powers. Yes. I like that too. Because again, I think had that happened, it would have, it would have disregarded everything that, that happened before that and like everything he went through. And it would have seemed a little too fantastical for the realism-based comic book universe that we're in. Like for him just to like get the power of Thor and then all of a sudden he's skinny and he's Chris Hemsworth again. Like, no, he's got to stay fat. Do you think he's going to be fat in Guardians 3? Yes, at least in the beginning. He'll probably like shape up during the movie and then by the end be Chris Hemsworth because I don't think they're going to let him be that anymore. But um, yeah, that brings up another point. Like, I don't know if you read the comics or anything, but in the comics, Jane Foster became Thor. And I was thinking if any female could take over Mjolnir, it would be Valkyrie. Well, um, Thor has Stormbreaker now and Cap had um, Mjolnir. By the way, Cap, lifting Mjolnir, finally. Finally. So many years of going, you've got to lift it. Yes, that was, no, he didn't lift it. He called it. He called it, which is much sexier. He got the power of Thor, and then he had both of them, and then it just everything, and it was awesome. It was so awesome. Out loud. (laughs) So so the story around all the fan service stuff is extremely solid and fantastic, unlike some movies, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Boring Shit. Oh, I thought you were going to go with The Last Jedi. You can go for The Last Jedi. I'm more focused on Fantastic Beasts being shitty. Oh, okay. Fantastic Beasts is like, here's all the stuff that you love. Look, McGonagall exists. So like us. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Because The Last Jedi doesn't do fan service. The Last Jedi shits on fans. We can't talk about either of these franchises because we are here to talk about Endgame. And we'll talk about those for four hours. You're right. Let's not focus on that. But what I but the thing is that not only does this movie do fan service, but it does it does it well. Like, of course, Loki um, can come back because of the alternate timeline. Also, we didn't we only had Loki in there for like thirty seconds because we didn't need him there for all the time. And I love I um. The thing that I love about Endgame, well, one of the things that I love about Endgame is that it not only does movie fans fan service, it does fan service for the comics. Because comic fans were waiting for Cap to pick up Mjolnir. Because, like, in that scene in Age of Ultron, we're like, okay, Cap's going to do it because he can pick up Mjolnir. Fun fact, Natasha also has picked up Mjolnir in the comics, but whatever. Um... Yeah, so we're waiting for, you know, like in Age of Ultron, we're like, oh, he's going to pick it up. And then he doesn't. And we're like, what the shit? Like, we know that he can look. It's freaking Captain America. Like, he even won Thor over in um, 
and Secret Empire because he was able to lift Mjolnir. It was because, I don't know if you know about the Secret Empire time, um, uh, comic situation, but Cap became Hydra Cap. And that's another moment, like in the elevator, that scene. I love Hydra. that. Yeah, because it go, it's a callback to, like, at first you think, oh, we're getting Winter Soldier over again, the best part, you know, that elevator scene. And then they're like, nope, hail Hydra. And it was like, oh, my God, because that's a call to the Secret Empire. Not only Winter is that a call to the comics, it does both. It's a call to the Winter Soldier fans who were expecting a fighting and a call to the comics. It's brilliant. I love it because he's like, all right, I'm in the elevator again. I could take all these guys out, but this will just be faster. Because I know that they're working for Hydra. And then the look on their face when it's like, holy shit, Captain America's one of us? Yep. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> and it also created an alternate timeline. True, which is how you can because bring Loki now back. people, Now those people think Captain America is Hydra. And technically, if, you, if they wanted to, which they're not going to, but if they wanted to, they could do the Secret Empire story of having Captain America be like, just because they opened that door. Because now in their timeline, the Hydra agents are going to think that Steve Rogers is is Hydra. So that that like, and that's a funny thing. Like, I don't re- think people realize how many alternate timelines. Like, basically, Endgame gave us the multiverse. It did, and it, and I love it for it because it's because um, a few years ago, someone said you can't have the multiverse because fans will get because cinema fans are idiots or something. And, and I'm like, that's, oh, that's you can. You just have to set it up. <laughs> do you have do you have any idea how many facebook posts i have had to do where people are like this is a plot hole that's a plot hole i'm like first of all stop using that word you don't know what it means and second a plot hole is not something you didn't understand or didn't pay attention to <laughs> what is a plot hole a plot hole is something where it takes you out it's an issue in the story or the plot where it takes you out and it it, it takes you out in, in a way of like this like this whole premise no longer makes sense because of this one thing. Either one thing that happened makes everything else not make sense, or something that didn't happen that should have happened that like that now things are happening as if it happened, but there's evidence that it never really happened. Like that hole creates an, a hole in the plot that creates an issue with allowing you to be able to 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 stay on board. Like basically. You know, whenever you watch a movie, you have the willing suspension of disbelief, right? The plot hole is something that suspends that suspension. So now you're like, okay, I just don't believe this. Okay. So something like Batman driving his car in the middle of the day and then going through a tunnel and it being night isn't a plot hole. That's just good editing. Yeah, well, because we don't know how long he was in a tunnel. He could have driven through that tunnel. Like, it could have been just showing the passage of time. Like, he goes in when it's day, he comes out, and when it's night, he was in a long tunnel. Or he could have been going someplace. And a, a quick line could explain that, you know.
Most movies have plot holes, especially time travel bullshit movies. Um, because all of, because, okay, there's one plot hole in Endgame. And uh, you, can, you can explain it away. I don't care enough about it because I love the scene so much. It's when Captain America is back and he's like 85 or whatever. Um, and like, I'm, okay, I'm fine with the fact that Peggy doesn't remember him or, he, or she does. And she's like, it's been so long because she's got, um, what is it? Yeah, she's got Alzheimer's. So it makes sense. What doesn't make sense is how is he back in their timeline? Because he went back in time to the alternate timeline to put the stones back. And now he's back in their timeline. So Loki and um, Loki is, uh, and uh, who's the blue one? Uh, Gamora's sister. Okay, so Nebula's dead. Young Nebula's dead in the alternate timeline. And Gamora is alive in our timeline from the alternate timeline. That all makes sense. If, if Captain America went back to the alternate timeline to put the stones back, how is he now in our present? So you mean, so to you, he jumped from their timeline to our timeline as an old man? Yes. Okay, yeah. so there, there are two easy explanations for that. One is that he stayed in their timeline, and then as an old man, he jumped back to our timeline to give the to turn to pass on the shield to Sam. All right. Because remember, he still had the pen particles to return home. Oh, so he that's a good point. He didn't need that machine. Because if he was an old man and then landed on the machine, then I would have bought that. Right. So that so that's one way. The second way is that when he returned, he didn't, when he decided to stay, he didn't decide to go to an alternate timeline. He came back to the MCU timeline, but he came back while he was all, while he was still frozen. But you're still alive. So what he could have done, and this is what I think makes the most sense because of how old he is. A lot of people say he's 83. Now nah, he was 106 when the battle began. When he looks like he's 30, he's 106. Because he was frozen for like 70 years. When he comes back, he's like 183. <laughs> so it's just that we forget that the, he was frozen for 70 years and the serum makes him age a little slower. That all so, makes sense. Yeah. So what I think happened was he returned all the stones and then had the chance to go back, but then was like, fuck it, I'm going to go back to when I was already frozen in ice and I'm going to marry Peggy secretly. And then like, if you remember, if you notice in winter soldier, she doesn't mention her husband by name. You see no picture of her husband. You just see your children. And she says that. What a great out. Huh? What a great out. They probably are like, we might have Peggy and uh, Kat reuniting due to time travel or something. So we're not going to have her mention the, her husband at all. Yeah. And then the moment in um, the moment later when she was looking at him and she's like, it's been so long. Remember, she has Alzheimer's. She can't remember. He's been talking. He's been sitting there for however long. And she just now realized that he was sitting there. And so she, she remembers him as an old man. That he, yeah. She, she'd remember him as an old man. But with Alzheimer's, she probably just remembers him before he got frozen. That makes sense. Exactly. Well, especially since he, she's physically looking at him now 
as a young man. That's why. So the Alzheimer's kind of explains away that whole scene and the fact that we never see her husband and she talks about him but never gives him a name. We could easily assume that he went back and married her then. So what he really did was create a time loop because he will always go back to marry her that he is and have the children which means he didn't actually change anything. We just saw the result of him already doing that. Okay, and he didn't- And that's how he, he's just old now. So all he had to do was like drive to that farm because he still exists now as an old man in our timeline. He just drove to the farm and was like, here, take a shield. That's fantastic. Do you think Bucky should have gotten the shield? No. No? No, because in the comics, Bucky steals the shield from Tony when Steve is dead. When old man Steve decides to pass on the shield, he gives it to Sam. Okay. And the reason why he gives it to Sam is not only accurate in the comics, but it's also accurate in the movies. Because Sam is the closest to being the moral center, which is the whole point. Like, if you pay attention to Steve's arc, from the moment he, before he gets the serum till the very end, He doesn't get the serum because he's the strongest or the fastest or the best or he has the most skill. It's because of who he is as a person. Bucky is broken. That's true. So no, he doesn't deserve the shield. Sam is the moral center. Sam is the one, not only in the comics, but also in the movies, when Steve is starting to doubt, it's Sam that brings him back. That's why Sam is the only clear choice to be Captain America. Yeah, because people are like, he doesn't have the serum. And I'm like, Batman worked out and he has armor. So it's fine. Yeah. It's, and that's the thing, like, if, if people were really paying attention, Steve got the serum because, like, even, they, they even make a big deal out of it in Captain America when Schmidt was like, what makes you so special? And he's like, nothing, I'm just a guy from Brooklyn. That's exactly what Sam is. So that it makes perfect sense if you actually pay attention to, like, the story and not just the bang, bang, shoot him up. It really works thematically. I, I really love Captain America's arc from going from um, not swearing to saying shit to now dropping the F-bomb. I, I wish he did. I, I, that would be funny. <laughs> I love America. I do love when he was like, that is America's ass. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, okay. All right. We got tons of fan service, but we're also going to have your fan fiction in it. <laughs> I don't know about that. I didn't see myself making out with Cap. Or Bucky, so... <laughs> I did. <laughs> As three-hour movie. That's one thing that was missing. <laughs> that's, one, that's one thing. The, um, the fact that not a, there's, a, there's a running gag about Captain America's ass and how everyone is gay for Cap. Um, and then or straight. there's... Yeah. Or straight. Every, everyone loves Cap. And then you got... Um, then you got someone riding around on a Pegasus. Was that, um, oh, what's her face from Thor Ragnarok? Valkyrie. Yeah, was that Valkyrie riding around on a Pegasus? At the end? Yeah. yeah. Cool. I love yeah, that. Yeah, because the, the Pegasus is the, uh, the like, war horse for, uh, for the Valkyrie. God. Not like Slipnare is, uh, is Odin's course which i think is hilarious that they actually had slip there and they didn't not in this movie but like in the i don't remember which thor movie it was but i think it was the first one they had him arrive on slip and i'm like yeah slip is is uh loki's kid right we're just gonna no all right 
Like a lot of Loki's children are in the MCU and not listed as Loki's children. Hela is Loki's daughter. Um, Slipnir is Loki's kid. Uh, Fenrir is Loki's kid. The wolf. Yeah, we're not. We're just not gonna. We're we're not gonna get into that. Probably for the best. <laughs> but I think it's funny. I love that Chris Hemsworth and her are going to be in Men in Black together. Yeah, I see the trailers for that, and I'm like, how can I not see that this is the Valkyrie with Thor? This is high. This is hashtag bisexual goals. It's <laughs> it's Chris Hemsworth and uh, Valkyrie, whose actress name I forget. Um, Tessa Thompson. It's he- yes. Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson in suits and in the um and Thor throws a hammer or gets a hammer thrown at him. It's so good. I oh, love yeah. that. That was good. I I will definitely check that out. And I think that they just helped themselves by putting the trailer in front of Endgame when we're gonna get we're getting ready to watch both of these characters. It's genius. And I I love that um <laughs> God, this movie's so great. <laughs> I I love that um that Captain America picks up Thor's hammer and is he's like I knew it. Oh, pulled it <laughs> when you were at when you were at Ultron and then you were doing the thing. I was like he can lift this hammer and then you stopped because yep. you're like I don't think that I should lift this hammer. It'd be a whole thing. I'd outshine Thor, but no, fuck you, use it. Also, you can take the small one. <laughs> That was actually pretty good. That was fun. You have. I um, do like the symmetry that this movie had. How like, at the end of Infinity War, Thor put the axe into Thanos's chest, and then at the end of Endgame, Thanos was gonna put the axe right into Thor's chest. I like, like. I like how things. You know, there's there's like a symmetry to it. My favorite part about this is that this is exactly what you should do with Superman, which is Captain Marvel is in space, saving the entire universe, and you have these uh, people on Earth saving the Earth, and then she comes back when she's needed. And I love the yeah. fact that within 10 minutes, she's like, all right, cool. So all we got to do, get the stones back, kill Thanos, easy. I can punch <laughs> his fucking head off. It's <laughs> fine. And then, and then they do that, and he's like, I destroyed the stones because fuck you. And it's like, perfect. We basically did the plot that everyone thought was going to happen. Exactly. Ten minutes. And it, yeah, and it's like, okay, this is the beginning of the movie. Now what? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I love that people thought that they were going to go back in time and get the gauntlet and defeat Thanos. And no, they went back in time and got the stones and didn't defeat Thanos. They were like, he's already, he already defeated us. We're just going to bring the people back. I like that. I appreciate that Thanos was like, Oh, cool. So basically, I won. Then they killed me. And he was going to be like, all right, cool. But wait a minute. They got time travel and they're going to undo it? No. We had a deal. I just exactly. saved him <laughs> and then you, you chopped my head off. <laughs> yeah, he was perfectly fine with dying as long as his mission was, was achieved. I still... Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm okay with him having his motivation... Because in Infinity War, because in this movie, he finally turns into Prick Thanos and he's just a villain. God, I love Prick Thanos. I still like the death, the Lady Death aspect better because 
I mean, I know they can't do that in the movies because that was just, like that would have been insane. But I still like the motivation better because that way he's just a prick, like from beginning to end. Uh, yeah, and it's like, no, he's not meant to be relatable. This is a dumb plan. Exactly. Not only he's is not relatable at all. He's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, not only is he wiping out half the life on the universe, but he's also ha- wiping out half of everything. So all yes. the resources are halved, and everyone's shitty. Yeah, and why would he think people would be like, "Oh, hey, life is better"? Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. Those um. There was a guy that released a scientific uh, think piece on Thanos' dumb plan. Uh-huh. And he's like, if this happened in real life and we did not know that Thanos was responsible, half of life just got wiped out. We would overestimate how many humans are dead because no one can take a survey. And then we'd be like, shit, most of the humans are left are dead and half of our resources are gone. We're totally screwed. Yes, um, which is exactly what happened. Yeah, and I like that Thanos comes... I love that Thanos dies and then he comes back. He's like, oh, cool. I can just use... Uh, um, oh, damn it! Who? Gamora's sister. Nebula. I'm going to keep forgetting that name. I can just keep using Nebula. Uh, I can use Nebula to go and infiltrate them, blow up their fucking house, and then everyone survives whatever it, they got really lucky with that one uh they kind of did get lucky but they didn't it's not like everybody was just like chilling like two three people were stuck underneath the ground and if it hadn't been for hulk being there two of them would have died i one of my favorite bits of fan service is when they went back in time and then Hulk was Hulk was on top of the building, and he's like, "You can't fit in the elevator." And then we just see him slowly walking down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> so many stairs. <laughs> so funny. It's so good, and I love the fact that um, that Hulk, that Bruce Banner and Hulk have like merged and become intelligent Hulk, which I guarantee is something from the comics. Yeah, Professor Hulk. <laughs> nice. So Professor Hulk, um, and he's just like, oh can't believe I used smash things. I'm, not, I'm very sorry. This is degrading. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was funny. A was lot funny. of people are really pissed about that, though. I am not. I love everything. I like it, but um, to me, it is his story arc. Um, you know, it is like the, the end of the Hulk story arc, the Bruce Banner Hulk story arc. Because in the beginning... He becomes the Hulk and he's trying to control it. He, at first he tried to get rid of it and then he tried to control it and then he lost control of it and became Hulk for a long time. And then he finally got control back, but then he was afraid he was going to die if he became Hulk again. But then there's this weird, like the Hulk wants to come out. He doesn't want to come out. And then finally he understands it. And Which I think great the, art for him. it's like a metaphor for like, humans and dealing with their own dark side it's like you want to cast it out you want to get rid of it and then you just want to ignore it or not have it and then eventually you have to realize it is a part of you it is you and you just have to deal with it and when you come to terms with it then you can be a whole person like professor hulk so i like it i i'm perfectly fine with it just some people wanted to see Hulk breaker hulk and they wanted to watch the hulk like lose his shit and like kill everything and i'm like that's not gonna be productive that's Worldbreaker Hulk is well. great. Like 
he doesn't stop. He just keeps, he's overly destructive. This movie um, doesn't have much fighting in it until the very end. And then it has all the fighting. Then it has all the fighting. But before I that, we're going to get the stones. So let's go to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh. And a fucking opening scene where we see him dancing and we hear the music. It's all awesome. And then we go from the other point of view and it's like, he's just wearing headphones. He's got asshole yeah. <laughs> on the street. That's dancing to music that no one else can hear. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. I love it so much. <laughs> I do that exactly. I did that today. No, my favorite part was, so he's just an idiot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I do not know what Gamora sees in him. <laughs> Neither did she, remember? She looked at oh. him and she's like, this guy? It's like, I know. No, I've been fine. telling you that for years. <laughs> I, so, love, um, I love Gamora and uh, Nebula's relationship. And people also wonder why Gamora switch sides so quickly well it's it makes sense because if you remember if you go back to that guardians of the galaxy and you play it out before 2014 ended she had already switched sides remember when she went after remember so um nebula nebula and gamora go on the ship so if they if it if you play out the scene from where thanos is talking to his two daughters and you stop and like you don't have the other nebula's head thing interfere like the wi-fi pickup mm-hmm. what ends up happening is wi-fi pickup both of them to ronin's ship uh-huh. gamora this entire time is thinking thanos is crazy and she hates him but she's pretending not to and then when she then the whole movie of guardians of the galaxy takes off and remember you find out that she was just going to take the orb and sell it to the collector so that she could get the hell out of there because she wanted nothing to do with thanos or his plan so she was already turned. That's why it was so fast for her to turn. But Nebula sense. was still suffering from CPTSD dealing with her dad. And she didn't turn until, like, I don't even think she turned in Guardians. I, I don't think, think she, she turned, turned in until Guardians 2. Yeah, it was Guardians 2 when she was trying to kill Nebula. That's when she turned. So, that or not Nebula, she is Nebula. It's when she was trying to kill Gamora. So that's why Nebula was so, like, following daddy's instructions and just trying to get him to love her and then it wasn't until guardians 2 when she was like all right fucking he's an evil douchebag he's never gonna love me but um but gamora had already like gamora was like nah he's crazy and i hope he never gets the stones and i'm getting the hell out of here i i like that that's i like that motivation and that arc and how uh it's like oh oh there's a way out Oh, thank God. I love time travel. I was going to have to wait and do all this other crap. I I love Loki as well. Because Loki... Because if you guys remember uh, Avengers, um, he had this entire plan. Get captured. Get the thing. Get out. Brilliant. Great plan. Uh, dumb plan. Worked out. Dumb plan. But then he's like, oh, it's literally right there. Okay, I'll just... I'll just... Oh, bye. <laughs> What I like about that scene, going back to that, um, mm-hmm. going back to that moment in the Avengers that you were talking about when he, when Tony was like, "Not a great plan." If you real, if you listen to his speech, he is talking about Endgame. He's talking about Infinity War and Endgame. When he was like, "Maybe it's too much for us. Maybe we lose, but it's all on you." And technically, he's talking to Loki, but it works for Thanos. He's like, "Because there is no throne." There is no place where you can sit back and relax. 
because if we can't defend the Earth, you can damn sure bet we'll avenge it. And that's exactly how Endgame begins. In Infinity War, Thanos wins. They can't save the world, just like he said. Maybe it's too much for us. Maybe we lose. That's Infinity War. And then the very beginning of Endgame, he's like, there is no throne. Because if we can't protect the world, we can damn sure bet we'll avenge it. And what do they do? They all show up, and Thor cuts off his head. They avenge the world. I so, I love that. And then they're like, okay, let's go. Uh, let's move on with our lives. And I really like that they didn't undo everything. I like that, that the snap wasn't a big undo button. It's like, right. we have to, we, we get to undust everyone, but we can't reset the timeline, which is what Doctor Who does a lot. It's one of the things I don't like about Doctor Who is that they, every time something amazing or interesting happens, they reset it so that it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't really watch Doctor Who. Uh, don't bother. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot to get into. Yeah. So, so you have, I am, you have Tony who's like, my daughter is now born and has grown up with this. It's the only time travel movie that gives a shit about ego death. Yes. Do you know what ego um, death is? He, really quick, I just have to mention something that, okay. like, that was I thought of as you were saying that. Do you realize that from the beginning of, not the beginning of the movie, but like from the beginning of the second act until the end of the movie, it has only been one day? That's one hell of a day. Right? Because a lot of people, like, it's crazy because, like, at the end, when, like, you have the whole battle and everything, and they have all these time travel adventures, but when they come back, they come right back to five seconds later. So even though they spent all that time in, you know, in, in the, the past, when they come back, they're still, it's still the same day. It's still Tuesday. And then <laughs> Thanos, you know, Thanos blows everything up. <laughs> and then, and I, real, I realized this because remember when Tony was talking to Morgan? Yeah. And he's, and um, at the end, or not, he wasn't talking to Morgan, but like his, uh, his thing during the funeral. And at the end, they talk about, like, yesterday. And I'm like, that, that was all one day. Because it's crazy. Because like, that, like uh, Pro- Professor Hulk says, you'll be gone for as long as it takes. You could spend years in the past. But when you come back, you're coming back to this moment. That's how time travel works. It's brilliant. I know. But it's just, it blows my mind that, like, all of this happened and it was one day. And so wow. Tony knew the night before He's like he kind of kind of knew like if I do this one last thing I'm gonna die, which is why he's he did that message. But that, I, I don't know. I have it um, blows my mind that like it all happened in one day. I like how <laughs> like we're gonna send someone. I forget who they decided to send back in time the first time when Professor Hulk was um, trying oh, that was to figure out how time travel works. That was Ant Man. So yeah. I love the fact that he got turned into a baby and then an old man. One of them peed in a suit, and he's not sure which one. And <laughs> then, just and, me. <laughs> and then Tony's like, D- um, "Did Hank Pym turn into a baby?" It's like, how Scott did you Lang. know? What? Scott Lang, different. Scott Lang. Yeah, yeah, because Hank Pym invented Pym particles, the whole thing. So did Ant Man turn into a baby? And he's like, "How did you know?" It's like time was moving past, and blah 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 blah. The fact that he knew that is like this is guaranteed to happen if you fuck it up. Yep. Well, the best part is that he knew that they would still try. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we don't know how this works, but we're going to try to figure it out. <laughs> and I, like I, I really do like that a lot. <laughs> I want, so half the universe is destroyed. Half of the people 
are gone. We defeated Thanos because fuck that guy. Um, and then it's five years later and everyone ages five years. Half of the universe is ages five years and the other half is just there immediately except for Spider-Man school because I guarantee that they're going to bring everyone back. Like all the main characters are now going to be back and they're going to be the same age. Well, because they were dusted. Yeah, all of them. It's well, like, I mean, all of the Avengers stayed, so they what have are the They have a, a get-out-of-time-travel-free card, but I guarantee all of the main characters will um, will have been dusted, including Aunt May and anyone from Spider-Man. Well, no, Aunt May didn't get dusted. She actually did age. She did? Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, she... Because um, I, I have conversations like this on Facebook all the time. People are like... How is it? How is it? Peter still sixteen because he's still sixteen. Well, that makes sense. He got dusted, right? And so everybody that you see in his school, like his high school, is now half kids who got dusted and are still sixteen, and half kids who were kids who were like eleven when they got dusted. Yeah, and are now sixteen. Yeah, because anyone, everyone has aged five years who didn't get dusted. Right, and uh, that school going to have a lot of admin problems <laughs> yes yes it will <laughs> i mean but if you think about it like everything has problems i don't i don't mind that i don't care if they bring like all the main characters back because the only characters we really care about um are that should have aged if they didn't get dusted are his school friends and uh enemies so we got flash pete um mj and the other guy Ned. Ned. We got those four. And if and if you say that those four got dusted, fine. Right. I don't I don't mind that. I just want like them to acknowledge that half the universe was destroyed. I think they have to. Because like well, because like Peter said, they like he he got he was like, Yeah, I remember I turned to Ash and then I woke up. So for them, no time has passed. Like they were, just, they were there, and then they were like, "What's happening?" And they weren't there, and then all of a sudden they were there again. And so, like that's a trippy thing, especially like that's a trippy thing for anybody, but for a teenager, like that's I think it's kind of a little out there. But um, a lot of people are talking about like, why did Ned give him that look at the end? Um, because last time Ned saw him, he was going to fight the alien spaceship that took Tony Stark off the planet. Yeah. So he knows, like he knew that Peter was possibly dead. Because remember, if you watch, if you remember at the end of or in Infinity War, they had a newsreel saying Tony Stark is gone because he went on, he got on that ship, the the Titan ship that took uh, Strange, and they only said Tony Stark, but Doctor Strange was also there and Peter Parker, and Ned knew that Peter was there. Ned knew Peter went to that ship, and all of a sudden that ship took off and. Tony Stark is missing, he knows Peter's missing too. So I think that what happens is when he looked at him, he was like, oh, you made it. Because he doesn't know that Peter was dusted. Peter could have died on that ship for all he And knew. even if he did was dusted, he's like, oh, good, you're alive. This is great. Exactly. exactly. So like, because, and I, and I think that's why Ned gave him that look, because Ned knows he's Spider-Man and Ned knows he was in that fight. But and I just have to say, like, been, my favorite moment... Like, half the universe got dusted, and then I saw one of my friends come back. I'm like, oh, good. Everything worked out. Exactly. Exactly. Especially when you know your friend is a crime-fighting Spider-Man. <laughs> she is. That is a very specific thing to know. 
exactly. <laughs> um, I like the fact that, um, or my favorite, my favorite phrase from the MCU. Like, I, I love the fact that they brought everything back. You know, I am Iron Man has the perfect. I am Iron Man. I can't believe I didn't see the saga. It ends the saga, and it's, I, it's, I can't believe. I I can't believe I didn't see that coming because throughout this entire fucking movie, Thanos has been saying I am inevitable. So right. why the hell didn't I pick that he was going to say I am inevitable? I am, I am Iron Man. Man. Snap. Snap. Right. Fucking great. I did see it coming, but I, I still loved it. Um, I, but now, oh, I, you cannot, I cannot hear on your left without being like, ah! Like, I just, I, I scream internally. Oh, God. <laughs> I hear it. It's so my favorite. So many internal squeeing. Yeah. Um, I, I when they said, when, they, when he finally said oh. Avengers Assemble, oh. I jumped out of my seat. I was like, yes! And then yes! when, and the way he said it, because he doesn't scream it, yeah, I, I love the fact like he doesn't scream it, he just whispers like he's like Avengers. And then you just hear assemble. And I was like, ah, lost my shit. I when I okay, so I saw it at the end of a twenty-one movie or twenty-two, because you if you count endgame. A uh, twenty-two movie Marvel marathon. I watched I went to the theater on Tuesday morning and I came out Thursday night. Um, wow, they were showing all of them back to back? All of them, yeah. And I stayed at the theater all three days and watched all of the movies again. And I showed uh, Infinity War the day before. No, the day of, but earlier in the day. Yeah, but my one showed... Oh, your theater. Okay. My theater sh- didn't do an entire marathon because I don't have the space. But they oh. showed um, they showed Infinity War the day before and then Endgame started. And it made $1.2 billion. On its yes. opening fucking weekend. Yes. That's wow. I yep. saw it I saw it on Wednesday because I'm like, fuck everyone else. This is going <laughs> to get spoiled. <laughs> this is going to get spoiled. So I'm like, I'm gonna see it opening day. So I did. I picked I went online for the first time in forever. Because I'm like, I'm not gonna trust anyone else. I went online, I'm like, this is my fourth favorite seat. So I'm gonna pick that one because all the rest were full. And it's great because like you have like all the seats are full, but not the two front two rows. The front two rows are empty, right? Because right. fuck those rows. Right. People just went to later sessions, showing how shitty those ones are. Yeah. <clears throat> I also showed you um, the schedule, and it's like there's 55 sessions for Endgame, and then there's one session for the three other movies that are out. And it's like, so, sorry, every other movie ever. Well, then that happened. Um, it it kind of had to happen because Endgame broke records and like the internet when it was released. Like I'm, I'm nocturnal, right? I yeah. stayed up till five o'clock in the morning when the seat, when the tickets were released so I could buy my tickets. Streamers. And at 5.01, the sites were slow. By 5.03, three of the sites had crashed. <laughs> and I was like, well, I need my tickets. I was like, Jonesing for a ticket. <laughs> I ended up staying awake till 7.30 in the morning just so I could get multiple tickets for that weekend. And so, so what happened was theaters that day when they saw the response and all of the screens that they had available had sold out, they were like, all right, um, what do we not contractually obligated to have open? Okay, cancel <laughs> all of those. We're now going to throw an end game here. And they did that for like a lot of them. So like the next day, a lot of people were like, 
man, they all sold out. I couldn't get in. The, the theaters were like, oh, doesn't you know? Don't worry about it. We open like nine more screens, so you can go. And so is um, that at like nationwide, I, probably worldwide, because theaters were like, no, no, we're gonna I, we're gonna get supply. My cinema is relatively small. Uh, it's got like six. Uh, it's got eight screens. Um, so it's relatively small. Um, I appreciate that only one of the screenings per day was in 3D because fuck 3D. <laughs> um, but they're like, all right, cool. So I looked at the schedule and it's like all of these are for uh, Endgame, and then there's one set, there's one screen that two sessions per day for Poms. Which is a fucking cheerleader movie, and it's like yeah, that hasn't oh. even come out yet in the U.S. Yeah, so it it's got come out this it's got two screening. It's opening. It's opened this week, and it's got two screenings a day against Endgame. It's doomed. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Because it has those two screenings, it will be the second movie. Actually, it'll be the third because um, with Endgame's popularity, people are going back to see Captain Marvel again. So Captain Marvel is two. We haven't got Captain Marvel here anymore. We have really? Shazam still. But wow. I, I think that they only wanted to have one Marvel movie out. Yeah, we don't do things like that in the good old US. You want capitalism? We'll shove it down your throat. You want to <laughs> see something? We will show you exclusively that thing. I'm willing to bet that, um, that they're like, okay, we could have... We have this contract with DC, so we have to have the DC movie. But we could show Captain Marvel for seven people to watch, um, or we can show Endgame for a hundred people to watch. Mm, I think it's more like we could show DC for the four people, the four teenage boys who want to see it again, or we could show Captain Marvel for the 50 people who want to see it again because they want to go back to see, or they didn't see it before. And now they're like, oh, well, Endgame came out. I want to see how she got her powers. I want to and see what, what's happening in a bigger theater. Huh? As I said, there's only like eight screens. So that's ah. very selective of what they show. Yeah, I'm in Orange County. Mm -hmm. So between Los Angeles and Orange County, like we, I've got a ton of theaters. Like the theater that I went to has, I think, 30 screens. And I... the theater that's down the street from me has like 25. So. I can go to, uh, there's a theater in Sydney uh, on George Street. And it's just like, I go to my theater and I'm like, get my popcorn, do the things, it's all fine. But I went to that theater and it's like, holy shit, this is like a mall. <laughs> yeah. That's... There's an upstairs, an upstairs to a theater. I'd never seen anything like it. It was amazing. Not that unusual here. So. I, <laughs> I went to had an upstairs. I wanted granted, to go to Gold Class. I wanted There's to go to Gold Class to see uh, Endgame. But A, I didn't have the time. And B, I didn't have the money. Because Gold Class is like $40. I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to spend $18 and get popcorn. <laughs> um, I spent a little bit more than that because I went to the marathon. But then I spent nothing to see it again because I used my AMC stubs. Oh my god, I wish that we had AMC stubs or stubs.
because it's just free tickets. And I'm like, give me the free tickets. <laughs> well, it's not entirely free. You pay $20 a month. I'll pay 20 bucks a month. I go, I go and see like four movies a month. Oh, well, then it would be perfect for you. I see uh, one movie a month is perfect for me. That's true, because mo- tickets now are so expensive. Yeah. Like an IMAX, like if you want to see Endgame in IMAX 3D, that's like 25 bucks. Exactly. That's, super, that's more expensive than the entire monthly subscription that you can use to see that exact same joke. I and unlike Movie Pass, which is as soon as they as soon as Movie Pass announced what it was, I'm like, oh, this is gonna fail. <laughs> but it works for uh, movie theaters because they're like, cool, we pay like ten bucks for the movie, or whatever, five bucks for the movie, and then we have our con- we're contractually obligated to put like half of the ticket to uh to the studio or whatever and then we pay the rest back to ourselves so who cares and then people are more inclined to buy popcorn and soda which is how we make our money anyway and we get we give them free upgrades so who cares yeah um that's pretty much how amc has been making their money because with with the move the past it's like three movies a week for 20 bucks and there are any one. I did a work experience at event cinemas for about three weeks. Uh, it was really fun. And I asked them how much popcorn costs to make. And they said about 10 cents. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I used to work in a theater a long time ago. But, okay. Back to end game. Okay. Forget fine. <laughs> end game. What's your favorite fan service? See service moment. All of it. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's just, there's so much. Like, I love the cap saying Hail Hydra. I, Hail Hydra is fucking great. It's awesome. And I love, I love like, the moment when everything is down and Steve is like, well, this is how I die. And he's just like, you know, getting ready to go back in. And then you see, like, all of the, you know, Thanos calls all of his ships and you're like, oh, damn. Like, they couldn't defeat him when they had the event, when the Avengers were all together. There's no, it's just three dudes. There's no way they're going to beat him. And then you hear, Cap, you need backup? And I'm like, at first I was like, who is that? For a second I was like, wait, is that Rhodey? Because remember, Rhodey wasn't in the scene. So I was like, did Rhodey get up? Because I'm still thinking that they're gone, right? And then you hear, on your left. And I was like, oh my god, I lost my shit. When, when all the portals open, open I, that's fucking great. Yeah, when all the portals open, it's like everyone is there. Yeah. Every single person is just with, um, with, Doctor Strange leading them, and it's like, ha! I knew it. This is great. And then, like, and then you see, like, then there's a total fan service moment because it's like, here's this character and that character and these characters, and you forgot about that person, and like all these characters. And as your brain is trying to take in, your eyes are trying to see all of the people stepping through. You're basically watching 20 years, or not 20 years, but like 21 movies of people, the characters that we've known, walking through. And Sam flies through with his wings, and Spider-Man swings in. And, and, he's like, the Tony, and, they and then... My favorite part about Spider-Man coming is that they don't make a joke. It's just like, Tony's just like, and then just hugs him. And I'm like, yes! Because yep. you're his dad! And it's <laughs> not his dad, but yeah. Adopted. And I love, I, love the, I love that moment. It's like, you see everybody come in, and you're like, oh! And you're kind of screaming, and you're like, oh, they're all here! And then you hear it. Avengers, and you're like, oh, it's just it's just it. And he says, assemble. And then it's just all at war, and you're like, this is why I'm here. And I just, 
And I was like, a little emotional because it's just it's everything. It's a comic book nerd's dream. I don't, all cry, the I don't cry at movies unless it's sad. I don't like happy cry. I'm more like, yeah, 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 you're, you're fucking right. Um, I don't cry ever in movies. I, I, I got a little, somebody was cutting onions in the theater during the Yondu funeral scene in uh, Guardians 2. Don't yeah. appreciate that. But so like in 21 movies, I got emotional one time. And then in this movie, I cried three times. <laughs> I went back and saw it again. It's so fucking great. I love the women of Marvel shot because people are like, oh, with, um, with Scarlett Johansson going, um, the, there's not going to be any women left. And then they're like, fuck you. And then Captain Marvel ties in, and then all of them are just backing her up. I love who was the leader of of the army in Wakanda. I don't know her name. The actress's name or the character? Character. Character is Okoye. Okoye. Yeah. I love Okoye. She's great. She wears a wig, and she's like, "Fuck you, wig." <laughs> um, a lot of people about that scene. A lot of people think that scene is like pandering to women. And I think the only reason That's why... Because this movie is pandering to everyone. Well, yeah, but I think the only reason why people think that is because of this whole contrived controversy crap. Had it not... Because, like, somebody else pointed out, there was a moment like that in Infinity War, and nobody had a problem with it. I... Then people were like, oh, it didn't fit the story. It absolutely fit the story. Because if you were paying attention, if you watched the battle, the people closest to Peter at the time that he lost, like, he, when he lost the Infinity Gauntlet, and she comes up and, or, uh, you know, when Captain Marvel comes in and says, you got something for me. And he's like, how are you going to get through it? It's a callback to that moment when, when um, Okoye and Black Widow were like, she's not alone. And, um, and uh, or no, sorry, Wanda, uh, Wanda and, and Okoye were saying Black Widow's not alone. It's a callback to that moment in the first place. But in the second place, you're paying attention. Those were the people physically closest to where that moment happened. They, uh-huh. were the, they were the people fighting that just so happened to be fighting right next to them. The only two people who had to come in were um, Wasp, who they just showed a scene of her shrinking down and taking him all the way in. Or not him, but um, taking um, Lang all the way into the van and then coming back. So obviously she can traverse the field really quickly. So it makes sense that she could get there. And then I think the only other person was Rescue, who was kind of on her way over in the first place. And again, they're basically playing hot potato. Everybody's trying to protect this. Everybody's heading to the gauntlet. So it makes sense that they would be there. And it was. It, let's face it. It was, it was an infinity hot potato moment. Yeah, it was. But like to be like, it, they were playing hot potato with Thanos. Yeah. Uh, yep. And yeah. I and I love the fact that um, that Iron Man is like, oh great, you're back. How do we defeat Thanos? And he's like, if I tell you, it won't work. Which is basically him going hashtag no spoilers. <laughs> Pretty much, but he did spoil it though. Because like, at the end, like at, at the end, Tony looks at him. He and doesn't he gives him that finger. That, he doesn't that, tell that, Tony. He doesn't tell Tony what to do. Which is he important. doesn't, but he does tell and he's him. just like, yeah, what you're thinking one thing. you have to yeah. do is what you have to do. Yes. But to me, it's still kind of a spoiler because Tony was like, is this what happened? Because like his first question is like, is this it? Is this that one? Well, it's, it's when... He looks at him and tells him and he points that one finger. It's like, yes, this is the one. Like, do your thing, save the world, let's go. 
<laughs> it's like when your friend is like, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't see, I'm always that friend because I'm such a nerd. I'm the one who always sees the movies first. So uh-huh. I'm the one, but I have an amazing poker face. People ask me <laughs> questions all the time and they're like, like perfect example. Okay. Rewind to 2003, five, whatever, whenever it was that, um, that the last prequel, uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. Uh-huh. I saw it. I was highly disappointed. Uh, and I yeah. was like, oh, why Lucas? But I didn't say anything. I saw it first. And then I went to see it with a group of like 10 people, right? Cause that's how you roll back in the day. So when I went to see it with my friends, one of them was like, okay, I know you're going to give it away. Because normally my facial expressions betray me. And they're like, I know you're going to give it away. Like, tell me, was it awesome? Was it terrible? What was it? And I just looked at him and he was like, God damn you. (laughs) I would have told him that I didn't like it. I don't think that's a spoiler. If I didn't like like Endgame, I would be shouting it from the heavens because I would be so disappointed because of all the buildup. Like, if Endgame was bad, can you imagine that world? Yeah, it looks just like 2003 or 5, whatever it was, when oh, good point. Return of the Sith came out. And we were yes. all like, it's all on this, Lucas. you got to bring it back. And then he didn't. And then it was just like, ah! That, so, yeah, I can't imagine it because I've lived through it. That sounds it's very disappointing. Um, also, with, um, with Fantastic Beasts 2. So, like, we know that world. That world sucks. Yes, it does. But we are not very familiar with a movie with so much hype being more than you thought that it could be. Like, I had no idea this movie was just like fan service 101. I, like, I figured hey, that there'd be a lot of fan service in it. I figured know, I there'd figured be a lot of fan service in it, but I also figured that it wouldn't be important fan service. But it exactly. is. Like, when- I didn't see it being like I never I thought that it would be like oh you saw that one movie here's a nod here's a wink like something just like little things thrown in like you know how fan service normally is where it's like cheesy and crappy and it doesn't mean anything it doesn't do anything to the plot this fan service not only actually interacted with the plot but it was also not just a fan service to the movies. It was fan service to the comics. The fan service I didn't the think that they and could the movies do that, like, especially work. one time, you know? I really like that. I especially like it because um, it's a time travel plot. What should we time travel to? Well, I have this list of movies. Let's do that. Let's go to <laughs> Thor Dark World. No one gives a fuck about Thor Dark World. Let's have an important scene in Thor Dark World where he gets his hammer back and um, talks to his mom. And it's like, yeah, fuck you, everyone that hated Thor Dark World. <laughs> and I like that, too. I like the fact that we get to see, like, when we go back to those movies, we now see that there is so much more that was happening in that world at that time than we saw. Like, when you saw Avengers... You, when they went back to the Avengers time, the Battle of New York, and you saw the, um, the ancient one fighting off aliens. And you're like, oh yeah, she was like, we didn't, we didn't know her until 2016, but she, well, she wasn't totally dead, she was that. alive, and she had the Eye of Agamotto in 2012. So I like that. I like that, you know, we get to see, we get to see the exact same thing, but now from a new perspective, almost like when you start a journey and you get introduced to a character, and then at the journey's end, they're the same character, but they're a different perspective. I like that. 
I like that she's like, I'm not going to give you the fucking time stone. Are you insane? And he's like, then why did, then why did um, Doctor Strange give it to Thanos? And she's like, what? That's, all right, I'll give you the time stone then. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. Yeah, she's like, well, he must have had a reason here. Yeah, I'm, I don't, I haven't met him, but I am holding the time stone. So I, of course, I already know that he's the chosen one or whatever. Uh, it's great because she had it all planned out and then she's like, well, I didn't see that coming. Well, if you remember, she can see everything up to her own death. I mean, that's fair. So she can't see the events. She never saw the events of Infinity War, anything that happened after Doctor Strange, but she was able to see all of, all, like, everything up until that point. Did she, so she I knew Strange or... was going to become going to become Master or Sorcerer Supreme. And she knew that he was going to get the Eye of Agamotto. She knew all of that. She just didn't foresee Infinity War because she was already dead by that point. You can't see point. past your own timeline. And your timeline is, that's, I think that's the key. I think that's what a lot of people are missing. Your timeline is the line of your life. So from birth to death, even if you go back to your past, it is now your future because you're still alive on that one line. That's why she wanted to give the time, she needed to give the time stone to Doctor Strange. Because she's yeah. like, at the end of this movie, I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah, she knew that. And that's why when Strange was like... She didn't tell us because she does like, no, And she didn't tell us because she cares about spoilers. <laughs> I love how you're bringing it all back to like, don't spoil Endgame. <laughs> In an Endgame spoiler discussion. <laughs> well, the reason, we're ha- we're, the reason I'm clearly labeling this as spoilers is because people care about spoilers, but they also listen to podcasts about Endgame. And right. it's, it's like, why did you spoil Endgame? Why the fuck did you listen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had people like get on me for that in, uh, in Facebook forums because like the admins will set the rules like no talking about Endgame for two weeks. And then somebody will be like, here's a topic. It's not a spoiler, but if you comment on it, everything you say will be a spoiler. And then I'm like, um, yeah, you know, we're not supposed to do that. And they're like, why are you on the internet? And I'm like, well, I've seen it twice. I'm not talking about me. But when that shit scrolls through your timeline, you don't. If you're in a, if you're a, in a Facebook a group, the comments, which are all spoilers. Exactly. If you're in a Facebook group and the Facebook group is, we're not going to spoil Endgame for two weeks, which is a great rule to have. Um, and then someone's like, why are you on Facebook then? It's because it's the rules, you fucker. <laughs> Exactly. And I've had people like come after me and I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to save you from getting banned because the admin said like, you do it, you're gone. So yeah, I'm a big fan of not spoiling things because I personally don't like it when things are spoiled. Things that are good. I don't like it when things that are good are spoiled. If something looks questionable or bad, or I just have no interest in seeing it, you can spoil it all day. And maybe there have been situations where like people have spoiled something and I'm like, okay, now I'll watch it. Cause I had no interest. So you told me the story. There's a there's a movie that came out. I forget what the title is because it's boring as shit. Um, but there's a movie that came out that is just like it's um oh what's her name? She played Catwoman. Halle Berry? Yeah, no. Oh, okay, there were a lot of them. In Dark Knight <laughs> Rises. Huh? She's oh, just one Anne Yeah, Anne Hathaway was in a movie uh where there's a murder mystery uh, something, something, something. Uh, this guy had a boat and she wanted her... Oh, Serenity? 
Yeah, Serenity. No one gives a shit about Serenity unless you spoil it. If you spoil it, everyone wants to see it because that because that, the spoiler is batshit. Do you? Not really. Like I, uh, it's an entire simulation. The only yeah, reason I you see that the movie, shit. and I figured out what was going on, like I don't know, third of the way through. Not even that. Like I figured it out when they um. When so like the beginning of the movie, I was like, "Huh, this editing choice is weird." And then there was a scene when like Matthew McConaughey got out of the truck, and I was like, "Why are they shooting this like it's a video game?" And then like, and when I had that thought, I was like, "This editing style is intentional." And then they showed the like he was talking to his son, and his son was in the room, and I was like, "Oh, this is a video game the son created." And like, that was like twenty minutes in. <laughs> so I and look. It's I, not a good movie by, the, by by recognizing the thing, and then by then I was like, well, "This is kind of dumb." It's not a good movie, but the only reason to yeah. see it is because you know that spoiler. Yeah, I guess somebody should have told me ahead of time because the trailer got me to see it, thinking that it was a much better movie than it was, and then I saw it and was like, "Yeah, that was that's kind of dumb," and I can't believe all these people did that movie. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Okay. Can't believe we're talking about Serenity. Um, I love, <laughs> love the. Have you? I, I showed you. Um, oh, crap. Uh, Thanos actor. Josh Brolin? I sh- showed you Josh Brolin's <laughs> Instagram. Yes, you showed me Thanos' big purple ass. I can't believe he put that on his official Instagram. I didn't ask for that, but you showed it to me. Ah, it was a <laughs> gift from me to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Because it's not fan, it's a fan art, but like, he put it on his official Instagram. Yes. Which is that's, so... That's just kind of in character with, with him. Like, he's... He's you great. Watch his interviews. He's an odd dude. So. He, he was in Deadpool, and when he was doing uh, uh, the BBC, does uh, back, um, schoolyard insults, and Ryan Reynolds and Josh Brolin were just doing fisticuffs with it. It's really <laughs> I missed that. It, it's really funny because uh, it's for Deadpool too. So they just oh no, I do remember that because I remember him bringing up the Goonies. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> it's ah, oh, God, I love all of these movies, even the yeah. ones that are bad. I'm just like the two that are bad. I'm just still like, but I like these characters still. Okay, wait. Um, what are the two that you think are bad? Uh Thor, uh Thor, Dark World. I'm just like, eh, it's pretty bad. And Iron Man Two. So the ones that everyone thinks are bad. Whoa! Time out. Okay. Wait, bring it back. All right. Okay. Thor the Dark World, does it, it's not the best of the movies. A little boring. Basically, Loki saves it. When Loki's not in it, nobody really gives a shit. I will give you that. Yeah. But Iron Man 2 is a serviceable movie. Iron Man 3, however, Endgame actually redeemed Iron Man 3 to me because I hated Iron Man 3. I've never liked Iron Man 3. I think it's a crap movie. But then Endgame had you go back and like... And, like, things that happen in Iron Man 3, even in Infinity War, like, you could have not ever seen Iron Man 3 and you would have been fine. But when you... 
Then when you get to Endgame, you're like, oh shit, now the thing, <laughs> everything that happened, and bless you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so now the things that happened in Iron Man 3, like there is no wasted movie because Endgame was like, oh, all the movies that were shit, we're going to reference them, so go watch them, bitches. So, <laughs> Which I appreciate. I love that. It's just like, we are going to go through every single movie, even the ones you don't like. Yes. But to me, Iron Man 2, I don't get why so many people hate it. I, I don't hate, just to, be, just to clarify, MCU. And by the way, uh, the, the one that I said that I hadn't seen anything came out yesterday. Uh, no, last week when Endgame came out. I have since gone back and seen like the four that I cared about, which was Thor Ragnarok, which uh-huh. I love Cork. <laughs> A stupid <laughs> rock monster with a New Zealand accent is so funny. <laughs> and I saw Ford the Dark World and I saw um, Iron Man 2. Those were the three that I didn't necessarily skip, but I just hadn't gotten around to seeing. And I haven't seen Captain Marvel yet because it's, um, it's not online. Um, you just go to the theater. It's not in the theater anymore. And I didn't go there. I, I didn't go there when it, I had the chance. I was busy. I do, I don't, I forget what I'm saying, but I do like the fact that, um, I, I don't like Stanley's cameo in this because it's just a cameo. Yeah. Uh, well, I, oh, well, you haven't seen it, but, um, his, to me, his farewell cameo was in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Cause so I saw, I saw Kevin Smith talking about that, uh, talking about the cameo and I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, uh, I that just to it me is his like, farewell cameo. I, I like that's the one thing that I I would discount from Endgame is that the, the Stanley cameo being the last one didn't feel like it. It just kind of like another cameo, like a throwaway. But the one in in Captain Marvel, especially the way she looks at him and smiles, is just awesome. I okay, can you tell me about that cameo? Sure. Um, she is looking for a scroll. It's in the trailer. Um, she, it's a part where she's on the she's on a train. She's looking for a scroll, and she looks around. Or no, she's not on a train. She's on a bus. Um, is she on a bus? I don't know. Anyway, she's on a bus or a train, and she's looking around. She's looking at people because she knows scrolls can shift, right? Well, she's looking at people really closely to see if she's seen any of these people before, because they have to. They have they for in, in the movie, they have to become someone they've seen. They have to see them first to become that person. Um, so she's looking at people and she's trying to find the scroll and she's looking at, there's this book, there's, there's this person holding up a book. She flips it down and she looks at him and he's running lines for mall rats, which is kind of meta because in real life, he actually did that part in mall rats. So he's like running lines for that. And she looks at him and you know, he, he says the lines and then she looks like he says the lines and like kind of ignores her. And he looks up at her and she looks at him and gives like a little bit of a smile and keeps going. Oh, that's gorgeous. And I'm like, that's the perfect send off. Cause it's meta. It's, it's Stan Lee playing Stan Lee. It's the only movie that St- Marvel movie that Stan Lee has been in. No. Yeah. As Stan Lee. Yes. Yeah. Cause in all the other ones, he's somebody else or he's nobody. It's just, all the other ones are just like an end game where it's just like, he's just a character going through. I think that in all the others, he's the watcher. Uh-huh. Thanks to um, thanks to Guardians of the Galaxy, they confirmed that. 
But yeah. in that one, he was Stan Lee, and it was, was Stanley exactly. I want to why it was the perfect send off. And it was a moment like so in the movie. I'm just going to spoil this part. It's not. It's not a spoiler for the movie. I'm just spoiling a part because if you listen to any any um anybody dissing Captain Marvel, they're like she's so wooden. She doesn't show emotion. Well, yeah, because 900 times in the movie they mention that a, she's a, a Kree soldier, right? Kree soldiers are not supposed to show emotion. And so as she's like in battle mode and she's trying to find the enemy, she looks around and she sees this little old man and then she kind of smiles, which is out of character for a Kree soldier. And then she moves on. She's so good in Endgame. Yeah. Like from the moment she turns up and is just like, sup, Captain Marvel, I'm going to carry your ship back. Everything will be fine. All right. (laughs) The moment she turns up, and then it's just like, and then everyone's getting roasted and then she comes back down and she doesn't take out Thanos, which is what I, which is what I wanted. I wanted like Iron Man or Captain America or whoever to take out Thanos, but she's just, she's super powerful and he's got his gauntlet and she, he's like, oh, cool. She's obviously really powerful. Good thing I have a stone called the Power Stone Punch. Yeah, but she was... I like the fact that she was so powerful that she stopped him from using the gauntlet. So he had to take the stone out to hit her to be able to use the gauntlet. Um, and I also like the fact that they were, they answered the question because so many people were like, why didn't Dr. Strange just take the, like, create a portal and cut off his hand? And they answered it because even without his hand, he could still use the gauntlet. Because <laughs> so, he could still, it's like, no matter what, he st- this still happens. Yeah. He still gets the gauntlet he still wipes out people no matter what so everybody's blaming peter quill even if quill hadn't stopped it if they got the gauntlet off he would have gotten it back he still would have snapped people away yeah the only no escaping that the only way to maybe not the only way but definitely one in like 20 250 million or whatever um the only way to defeat thanos is to chop his head off and then have him come from an alternate timeline and then kill him again. He's so cool they had to kill him twice. Yeah, the villain's so nice, you get to kill him twice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I, well, see, I think what, what I think is that um, Dr. Strange saw was that he saw that no matter what, no matter what happens, even if you get the gauntlet off, Thanos still gets the gauntlet. Even or you, he, or no he matter what. off and he kills people manually like he's been doing. Right. He could do like either way. Um, but I, I still think, I think that what, what he saw was like, no matter what, he gets that gauntlet back. Because as you saw, the people who were there, like, let's say Spider-Man, Tony, and instead of, instead of beating, like, instead of hurting, um, instead of punching Thanos out of his sleep, if Peter Quill had helped them, helped him get the gauntlet off. Okay. So let's say they get the gauntlet off. You still have the same people who couldn't defeat him. He can easily still get that back. The only way he can't get it back is like, if somehow Dr. Strange creates a portal to get everybody away. But at that point he'd knock strange out already. So strange couldn't open a portal. So again, I'm like, I like going back to that moment in infinity where I'm like, there's, they didn't, they couldn't win. You're just you're thinking like, oh, that could happen. No, there's no way that Thanos doesn't get that the uh, gauntlet back. So, but I like how they show Captain Marvel's strength just by having Thanos like headbutt him and she just look at him and I'm like, yes, 
<laughs> and then she's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go destroy your ship while we're at it. I also like the um, the fact that like when Wanda comes in, she's like, you took everything from me. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. Like, That's fucking great. It's a great line. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know you. <laughs> I can't believe I got to bring this up, but have you seen Street Fighter? No. Wait, are you talking about the 1990s movie? Yeah. Like a hundred years ago. I don't remember it. Oh, it's... it's I vaguely remember Raul Julia being in it. But it's that's shitty. Raul Julia is the man. And and uh, he's like, the day M. Bison came to your town was the most important day of your life. For me, it was just Tuesday. <laughs> it's a shit line, and he delivers it so well. <laughs> I love that you remember a line like that from a movie I don't even remember at all. <laughs> oh, I saw it yesterday. It was great. Oh, that, would, that explains it. Like, how impactful was that movie to you? Damn. I, it, it was so bad. <laughs> Raul Julia is amazing, so I had to watch it. And, um, and, for, and, and it's like Thanos is so above all the people he's killed that he's just like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's like, oh. I killed your parents or your sister or your dog or whatever. I don't care. I killed lots of people. Yeah. Did you see yeah. the start of Infinity War? I wiped out half of the fucking planet just Including because. Her. She dusted. That's why I like that she was. I, I like the fact that he was. Okay, so just a woman moment here. Just you know, indulge me. I like the fact that all these men could not defeat. All these men combined could not defeat Thanos. Two women alone almost had his ass <laughs> wanda and carol the two of them individually like if they fought together he'd have been dead my favorite really line wanda and 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 carol to be on the battlefield fighting thanos together and he's done because wanda like he called all of the ships he, like he called the fire down because wanda was beating his ass he was about <laughs> to die. And he's like, okay, if I'm going out, I'm taking all you motherfuckers with me. <laughs> the thing about that is just like, look, I did this to like, to save the universe. I had all of these things planned. It would have been great, but you fuckers <laughs> are just annoying now. So I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to wipe out half the universe, but I'm going to kill you personally with my fist in your face. I'm going to punch your no, face. No, he wasn't oh. going to wipe out half the universe when he got the gauntlet back. He was going to destroy it and build a new one. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, so this time, all you motherfuckers are going. It's and like, I'm not, gonna not only am I going to wipe out half the universe, but I feel that it would be better if the other half didn't fucking remember. Yeah. So, God, so go die in a hole. He was so angry and I love it. And you know what also is kind of scary is the fact that remember when, you know, that conversation between Tony and Strange where Strange says we only win in one? You know what that means when you think of alternate timelines? What? There are alternate timelines where Thanos wipes out the entirety of the universe and starts over. Uh Uh-huh. Because only in one did they win. Which means in all the others, he succeeded. And he's like, which I like because now we have two timelines that we're working with here. Oh, we have hundreds. But no, I think we have two. I think they're going to focus on two, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. 
but I feel that we have two timelines. We have the timeline that they went to to get the stones back, and then and then the ancient one is like, okay, I'll give you the time stone, but you got to bring it back. You got to bring all the time stones back and put them exactly where they are, so that my timeline doesn't get fucked. Um, so they have, so they have to bring back all the uh, infinity stones to that timeline. So I think we have two timelines: one that Gamora came from and that Loki lives in, and the other one, and that didn't get wiped out by Thanos, and the other one, and our one, Marvel Prime, which got wiped out by Thanos, and then every, and then those people died in, which is why we can have Gamora back. We have way more than that. Okay, so we have the main Marvel, the main MCU timeline, which is technically Earth One Nine repeating. It's like nine, 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 nine. nine. All right. All right. Um, that's the one where Steve is now old, and Sam is Captain America. Okay, and Tony is dead. Um, Black Widow is dead. Loki is dead, and uh, Thanos is double dead. <laughs> double dead. <laughs> double well, because he died twice in our <laughs> timeline, so <laughs> so he's double dead. Um, and Nebula is still alive. That's the main MCU timeline, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the one that's going to be in the movies going forward. We have one branch timeline where Loki has takes the uh, the Tesseract uh-huh. and starts time traveling, or start not time traveling, starts um, traveling to different parts of space. That's going to be, I think, the basis for his um, his show on Disney Plus. So we're going to get to see that timeline. That's a completely different one. That'd be fun if we saw, like, to, uh, if we saw uh, Loki. The, the main thing is that they don't bring the characters back for their time, for their TV shows. But it's just like, we've got a Black Widow TV show and we've got five years to work within until she dies. Uh, right? Black Widow is a movie and it's a prequel. It goes, it's not, she's dead in the MCU, mm-hmm. but it's going to show you how she became Black Widow. Is it? That's yeah, pretty cool. Prequel. I thought that it would be like within the time, the five years. No, because that would just be depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I would watch I it. If that, yeah. if that happened, I'd be like, I am going to watch it. But it's going to be how Yeah, she- but a lot of other people wouldn't. But uh, yeah, so this one. I mean, I would. Well, for how she got there. Um, All right, that's okay. pretty cool. So you have the main MCU timeline, you have the Loki going through space timeline, right? All right. You also have a timeline where Hydra believes that Steve Rogers is Hydra because he said Hail Hydra. Do you think that that, do you think that that can't be in the same timeline? It's just like, really? Yes, because if you remember in Winter Soldier, they went after him because he's not Hydra. But that's that in Winter Soldier. That's that in Prime no Timeline. Huh? That's in Prime Timeline, though. I all, know. Of our, all of our movies happen in Prime Timeline. Right, it happened in our timeline. So, so Winter Soldier isn't in our time. It's Winter Soldier's in our timeline. But right. This is, this is why I hate time travel. So <laughs> Winter Soldier's in our timeline. So he went back in time to the alternate timeline. No, when he went back in time, he created an alternate timeline. Yeah, with like all the stuff. Okay, so basically, it's like so. Think of it like you know, people talk about the butterfly effect. Yeah. One little thing creates a ripple. It doesn't create a ripple in our main timeline. It just creates a branch. Okay. So there's another timeline that happens because of that. 
okay? So like Comic Storian was saying, a timeline was created because people saw Tony Stark with his goatee and they think it's a hippie thing. So now different people are going to do that and that creates a whole different, the people are going to change their behavior from the way they normally did it. That's what creates a different timeline. All right. So, What's the timelines that we need to worry about moving forward? The only one, we really only need to focus on the main Marvel timeline, which is the one that ended in 2023. The one that ended in 2023 and then it's now moving forward with like yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming and stuff and, um, and Guardians 3 and whatever. Then we got the Loki timeline, which is the one where he had the time stone, probably got defeated by the Avengers again and is just moving forward with that. But now that Thanos is gone, somehow he vanished. Who knows why? Wait, wait, wait. Thanos isn't gone in his timeline. Yeah, he is. He doesn't have the time stone. He has the space stone, which is why he can go from place to place. No, Thanos is gone from Thanos isn't dead in Loki's timeline because he went back to 2012. Thanos is from 2014. Thanos Thanos is still alive in Loki's timeline. No, he's not. Because, well, maybe from like 2012 to 2014, but at some point he went to the other Avengers timeline, right? Right, but again, he so Loki's timeline, the, when, they, when Loki took the Tesseract, that was in 2012. Okay, so between 2012 and... The future is from 2014. Okay, so between 2012 and 2014, Thanos is still in that timeline, and then he goes to our timeline, gets dusted. Right. My guess is that they're going to move forward past that point, the point where Thanos is dusted. I might be wrong. I don't care. So we're going to have Thanos be dusted in that timeline, and then Loki's just like, oh, Thanos is gone? Sweet. He was a dick. No, Thanos doesn't get dusted in Loki's timeline. Because again, yes, it's a different, a different timeline. Didn't he leave? Didn't everything that happened... Happened in the same timeline, like they went to that timeline. No, that's what I'm telling you. Every time you change something in the past, it creates a new timeline. So when Loki got the sep- when Loki got the Tesseract and mm-hmm. took off, that created a now a new timeline where Loki has the Tesseract and he doesn't go back to Asgard. So things don't necessarily go the way they do. So that Thanos gets the stones. In so that's that- a completely different branch of a timeline. It's okay. not the same one. Where that's why I keep saying the Thanos from 2014 is not the Thanos from 2012. So what's the Thanos new branch of a timeline? So who's the Thanos that got dusted? Hmm? Who's the Thanos that got dusted? That's 2014 Thanos. Okay. Because think about it like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That was Thanos from Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, so 2014 Thanos got dusted. Right. uh, And that Nebula got killed. Right. At the um, time that 2014 that, Thanos got killed, the Tesseract in that timeline was in Odin's vault. Okay. Because the events happened the way they did in our timeline up t- to that point. That's why I keep saying Loki doesn't have the Tesseract in 2014 in that timeline. It's a completely different timeline. Well, I, once Loki gets it, that, that, just the fact that Loki gets the Tesseract and disappears creates a whole new timeline where now Loki has the Tesseract. Yeah, but also Captain America took his scepter. Yes. Uh, but but Captain America returned the scepter, time. which is what made that timeline, like, it made it okay. Okay. Because he returned the scepter, but Loki didn't return the Tesseract. That's why it's a different timeline. You see what I'm okay. saying? Yeah. So basically what we're saying is time travel. It's hard, man. 
<laughs> the, only, the only movie that really nailed time travel is Bill and Ted. Yeah, Bill- I think this movie nailed time travel. You just have to, you have to, if you're going to put on your thinking cap, you got to, you got to keep it on. Cause a lot of people like put on their thinking caps and they're like, let's figure this out. And then they like, Oh, plot hole. And I'm like, Nope, keep thinking, take it to the end. I love the um, time travel in Bill and Ted. Cause it's just like anything we did, we've already done. So basically I go forward in time, find the key and then I'll leave the key here Here's the key. Brilliant. And then and then he uses the key and then yada 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 things happen. Everything's preordained. Then you got Back to the Future rules, which they make fun of, even though Back to the Future is simpler. It is it, no, it's not simpler because again, if you put on your thinking cap, Back to the Future doesn't make any damn sense. Well, of course it doesn't make sense. No time travel movie makes sense and I hate it. I hate all time <laughs> travel movies. Um, when you think about time travel. The good thing about Back to the Future, Bill and Ted, and uh, and Endgame is even if the time travel doesn't make sense, no one cares because it's a good movie. I care because I'm obsessive. But, like, normal <laughs> people don't care because it's just like... Well, I've, I've heard a lot of people complain about time travel because, like, a lot of... From but that's game. nitpicky stuff. If it was a bad movie, they wouldn't care. And since it's a good movie, we can make fun of the time travel. True, I, I, I guess. Like, it's still going to be a good movie, regardless of whether the time travel works or not, which it doesn't. It, it to- I think it totally does. I think that, like, I think that it's complicated, and I don't want to think about it for too much longer. It is longer. complicated, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work. I think it works perfectly. And by perfectly, I mean... Whatever, who cares? I, <laughs> I knew you were just gonna cop out. You're like, yeah. I, I'm totally gonna cop out. I give up on time travel. <laughs> as soon as they, uh, as soon as I knew that they're gonna use time travel, I'm like, what? Okay, it's fine. <laughs> Captain See, America okay. can so go from an alternate timeline to our timeline because of the great scene, regardless of whether it makes sense or not. You say it does. I'm like, it's fine. It's fiction. It's fictional. <laughs> Don't care. To me, it makes sense. This is and why we can't have time tra- time travel in the real world. Because if we did, our heads would explode. Well, we'd just yeah. be wasting the time travelers' time by saying paradoxes. <laughs> there really aren't any paradoxes in the movie, though. I don't think there are, except for the Captain America thing, which like can be explained away with him either going to our timeline or something, something, something. Well, Okay, it's just like you said in Bill and Ted, though. Remember when you were like, uh, went to the future and got the key and then brought the key back and now the key's here? Yeah. Like that, to me, that's how I see the Captain America situation. Like, he goes back in time, he marries Peggy, he has kids with Peggy. Because when I first saw it, I was like, that doesn't make any sense because Peggy got married and had kids and Steve would know that, like that that would, would mess up the thing. But then if Steve knows that, like, if Steve knew that, that, her husband, like, if he if he knew, if he, like, never saw her husband and didn't know what was going on, I don't think that Steve, my, my whole point of this is, I don't think Steve would have jacked up the timeline. And since he's an old man now, he obviously didn't jack up the timeline. All right. And which this is... This he had is, to have gone back in the, which means the in the first place, when we saw her, and she was talking about her kids, she was talking about her kids with Steve. And when Steve was on ice, he was actually, like, old Steve was with Peggy. 
Sure. I mean, it all makes sense except for the whole other timeline thing. But then, but then, didn't they say that like no matter what, you can't change the present. So like all the timelines go into the present or something. So you could just be in the (sighs) present. You're hurting your brain. Okay. What they said was no matter what you do, you can't change your past or your future because you are always in the present. Even if you go to the past, it, the past becomes your present. So that you, you can't actually change anything. And if you were, if anything were to change, it now creates a new timeline where that happens. But your past remains your past. Okay, so anything that he changes creates a new timeline. Exactly. That's why but, I said he picked up the, the Tesseract, the whole situation doesn't happen the same. Now there's a timeline where Loki has a Tesseract. But he already had the Tesseract, which was my main thing. He just got it earlier. Well, no, because remember in 2014... uh, So, okay, the reason why I say when Loki gets the Tesseract, Loki had the Tesseract, but then in 2012, he loses the Tesseract, and Thor takes the Tesseract to Odin's vault. That's where it is in 2014 when Thanos decides to go back... When Thanos decides to time travel to 2023. Well, I just figured that um, in Odin's vault. I just figured that that would be part of the same timeline because, like, he takes the Tesseract early. They they're like that was weird. The thing that happened with Iron Man's core heart or whatever, and then they just go and have the Avengers fight scene a couple of days earlier. No, no, the Avengers fight scene happened already. Remember that was when they were the, the moment when Loki took the Tesseract was after the Battle of New York when Thor was getting ready to take him back to Asgard. Oh, so that was already over. Okay, I thought it was. Remember that scene, like when I Loki it was when he was going to get, um, when he was pretending to get captured, and, um, no, that was that was after the Hulk had already beaten him. Remember the Hulk like smashed him and said puny god, and then at the very end of Avengers, all the Avengers are standing around him, and he's like, "If it's all the same to you, I'll have that drink now." Okay. Um, started in that moment and then we were watching the avengers go down the stairs to take loki to get to that point where they had to where thor took loki back okay so thor takes the the uh, tesseract from that point and uses that to take them back to asgard so when loki takes the tesseract thor doesn't take loki to asgard loki's not in asgard during the events of thor the dark world the events of thor the dark world don't take place see why i said now there's a new timeline yeah <laughs> you're acting like this is like really hurting your brain it is i hate it, hard. i try to think about time travel i don't just so to be clear the reason that i'm making fun of it is because i don't care it doesn't matter to the movie whether the time travel works or not we can and i love arguing about time travel even though it, it doesn't look like i do i do like <laughs> arguing about time travel because at the end of the day, even if I'm wrong and it doesn't make sense, or if I'm wrong and it does make sense, I forgot what side I'm arguing for. Um, <laughs> it's still a great movie. Uh, I love it so much. It is a good movie. The only thing that matters for this time travel is that no matter what you do, the present can't change. No matter what we do, we won't be affected by it. And then uh, someone, I forget who, says that um, the time travel won't change anything. And then 
because like something, 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 time travel, something, something. And then the ancient one said that every, that every change you make creates an alternate timeline. And if you mm-hmm. take away the time stone, my timeline will be erased. So fuck you, don't do that. And then he's like, well, bring it back. You know, I mean, it won't be erased, but it will be vulnerable to attack. So like the infinity stones are protecting the realms from like Dormammu, for example. So okay. when you take the time stone away, now Dormammu can attack. All right. It doesn't get erased. It's just open to attack from cosmic entities that we haven't seen in the Marvel Universe now because the time stones are there. Oh. Well, uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the person who explained that was Professor Hulk. Thank you, Professor Hulk. Yeah, yes, Professor Hulk. Can I have your autograph? Huh? Can I take a selfie with you? <laughs> like, do you want to take a selfie with with Ant Man or whatever? It's like I don't know who Ant Man is. This doesn't matter. They don't know who I am. I love that scene. That was fun. Yeah, because like, you would, you would, wouldn't you? You don't give, you don't know who that guy's been away for like eight years and for like five years, and um, he also is just Ant Man. It's just like I, he went. It's like it doesn't matter. I'll just take the selfie for you. And and he's a giant green professor man. It's fucking great. He's probably been teaching kids as well. Oh God, I love that scene. I didn't. Re- that's just as, that's it's just so good. Oh, I love this movie. Time travels bullshit. I love it. I love all of this. I love this movie so much. It's such a great end to the MCU. It's a great end to like this timeline, these characters, everything else, and they move forward. and And I think here's my predictions for the MCU moving forward. You got Spider-Man, Black Panther, uh, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, and the Guardians of the Galaxy with Thor, right? Uh, the Asgardians of the Galaxy, I think he calls them. That was cute. Uh-huh. Then you have you have um, Valkyrie uh, being the queen of Asgard or the king. I don't know how royalty works there. But she's in charge of Asgard. She's protecting them. So what I think is going to happen, and Thor's hammer is back in the present. Um, it went the long way around with Captain America. Captain America is going to use the hammer again. So what I think is going to happen is that Thor is going to have his Stormbreaker because he loves the Stormbreaker. And then um, Valkyrie is going to have the powers of Thor. And she's going to be the female Thor like in Secret Wars. Okay, so there's one problem with that. Sure. Where's the Mjolnir hammer? Is in this timeline. There is no Mjolnir. But they got it from the other timeline. And Steve took it back when he put back the ether. Did he? Yep. He oh. had it with him on the platform. Well, Remember, you got to put everything back or you make changes. All right. Sorry. Such a good idea. <laughs> I was just I like, they put, the, they put the Infinity Stones back, but like he could still have this, the thing. And, and his shield got broken. And so since his shield got broken, I mean, he could have just created another shield because he's in the past. Or he could have had T'Challa create another shield because it was made of vibranium and he now knows T'Challa and the whole vibranium thing. That's a good point. Literally, there's a, there's a lot of ways that he could have done that. Yep. The only thing that I want, I want Secret Wars, like, a Valkyrie to have the powers of Thor. But they, but they still have Thor. 
uh, to be with Guardians. So would they, would they, if they wanted to do another Thor movie with Valkyrie as Thor and have uh, Thor with Guardians of the Galaxy, or do they just skip that? I think they're going to skip it at this point. Okay. Because there's a finality that Endgame gave us, and Mjolnir is gone again. I don't think they're going to go back in time. Because if you're going to go back in time and get... They're not going to go back in time again. Guaranteed they won't go back in time again. This is a one-shot deal. There's a finality with that. So when Steve took Mjolnir back, that's it. There's no more Mjolnir in the studio. He took Mjolnir back. Yep. Fine. So that he had it on the plat. He had that's why it had to be Steve. It had to be either Steve or Thor because they had to not only put everything back, but they also had to put Mjolnir back. And they're the only two who can wield it. So Aww. Vision is dead, dead. I'm sorry, not coming back. Um, Vision and um, is dead, dead as well. She's not coming back either. Vision uh, and uh, Scarlet Witch. Uh-huh are going to have their own TV series, and they said that it was in the 50s or something. So I don't know what's yeah, going on with that. Um, I think I have a clue. Okay. Um, in the comics, there's an, an arc called House of M, where Scarlet Witch is super powerful. She can't... So in the MCU, all she does is, like, kind of manipulate reality a little bit. Like, she just moves things. Basically, fa- she does advanced telekinesis, right? My favorite line from uh, Infinity War was... What was she doing up there? Oh, yeah. Um, but in the comics, she is far more powerful than that. She literally, in the comics at one point, she says, no more mutants. And the mutant population goes from millions to less than 300. Do you think that she's going to go back to the 50s to bring the mutants back into that timeline? No. I oh. think that what I think is going to happen, going back to the House of M timeline, it starts with her being married to Vision and having children. Uh-huh. And um, Professor X talks to Magneto and he's like, look, she's getting worse. She has like reality warping powers and she's psychotic. She's having a psychotic break. She can literally break the world. Isn't this Dark Phoenix? It's stuck up. Um, no, this is House of M comics. But doesn't Dark Phoenix do exactly the same thing? with the Phoenix Force, and it's like, she's going to have a psychotic break, and she's going to use the Phoenix Force to do something that the movies are going to ruin. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the Phoenix Force, are, are you talking about the movies or the comics? The, the comics. Movies, in the comics? Yeah. Because okay, in, the, in comics, the movies, the Phoenix Force is just like glowy eyes, and then dumb shit happens. Pretty much. And in the movies, they made it so that the Phoenix Force was like, some recessive part of Jean Grey's brain, which makes no effing sense. In the comics, the Phoenix Force is a cosmic entity, kind of like um, like Venom, uh-huh. where he, like, he's a symbiote. It, the, the Phoenix Force is kind of like that, only way more powerful. And the Phoenix Force could break the Marvel Universe, or like break the world, but the Phoenix Force, like, if the Phoenix Force isn't reality warping, that's Jean Grey that's reality warping. Um, well, actually, I don't even know if Jean Grey can warp reality. I'm not, I'm not very versed on her. I'm not going to hold it against you if you're wrong. But, um, but so the Phoenix Force could like physically damage the world. But Wanda could reset reality. 
Okay. So that's what I think they're going to do. I think Wanda's going to reset reality to the 1950s where she's living with Vision and everything is nice and happy and she has children by him. Interesting. I think that's what's going to happen. What do you um, think, how do you think they're going to introduce the X-Men? I have no idea because the X-Men aren't even coming anytime soon. That's a good point. They, they got like loads of plans. Yeah. I reckon that they should just have it separate and be, make it a TV show. I don't agree with that because the X-Men deserve more than just shitty graphics of a TV show. The X-Men deserve big budget. Well, I assume that Disney is going to have big budget TV shows. But what I think, but the 90s cartoon was great. And was. Disney will put like a lot of money into their streaming service Indeed. and introduce uh, a lot of other shows. And I reckon that if they do X-Men, it's just like X-Men is getting its own show. And instead of uh, it being them saving the universe every movie, they're just like, this character is having trouble with their powers or whatever. And they can do like episodes based around people's powers and existing characters and have it be a metaphor for um, disability or something and do what the 90s show did well yeah but you also have to remember that the 90s show every like season season finale or mid-season break they were saving the world but you can do that as well but you but you can do that like a tv show would like have bottle episodes but also a season-long arc i think that it would only work if they did the x-men as a tv show if they did it somewhat in the way that um, the X-Files did it where they were like, here's a TV show. By the way, here's a movie where like a whole bunch of shit happens. So you would have to, you could, you could have a TV show to do the character development and then build into a movie. But I don't think that will work just because look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does interact with the movies and you have people who are fans of the MCU and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then you have MCU fans that are like, I'm not going to watch a TV show so that I can understand a movie. The, um... I think that the main thing with the X-Men is that you have all of these superpowers, superpower people, so why do people hate the X-Men? But that's the thing from the comics as well. But the main thing is that if you're going to introduce the X-Men, you have to do it properly. And I don't know how they're going to do it. So you know why the X-Men, you know why the X-Men are hated in the comics and in, in like, okay, hold on. I know why they're hated in the movies. The hmm? You know the history of the X-Men? Like, why why they were created? Uh, yes. Uh, in the, like, meta-textually or in yeah. the comics? Yeah, like the real-world reason why the comics of the X-Men were created. Um, I assume, I, I don't, but I can guess that they have all of these superheroes and they wanted to have something that was more, not grounded, but that it was something to separate them so that, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. But that was hilarious. You know the actual reason, I was just guessing. <laughs> so they were created in the uh, 60s and they were a way of, so, okay, you know how everybody nowadays is talking about like, 
I don't want politics in my comics or in my movies. <laughs> well, yeah. if you don't want politics in your comics and your movies, you don't actually want to read comics because they've literally always been com- like a comic version of a political situation. Mm-hmm. The X-Men, Professor X was based on on uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And Magneto was based on Malcolm X. Two people who were leaders of a group that is that it was looked at as the other by mainstream people and people who were feared and they 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 both had different ideas they had the same goal which was to lead their people but they had different ideas on how to get there one person took a non-violent viewpoint one person took a violent viewpoint to go like by any means necessary viewpoint that's where the x-men came from and then as uh, so they they came became like uh, civil rights counterparts in comics. Oh, it's way off. And and then on then later, when the gay civil rights agenda came, mm-hmm. they became the characters started becoming a metaphor for like coming out as a as a uh, as a mutant became a metaphor for coming out as a gay person. Uh, it was very uh, obvious, but I loved it. Yeah. So That's, that was the did that start with been political. Did that start with the movies, or was that in the comics first? No, I'm talking about the comics. Okay. Yeah, the, I, I'm not very, talking about the movies. Very now, obvious like, in, the in the movie. comics. That's that was the whole. In the comics, like Stanley, was Stanley's always been um, a progressive type of person, and he knew that the way to get people to identify with the other was to make you see through the eyes of the other. So his way of making white people see what it's like to be a minority is to make white people a minority. Mutants. That's why they are always feared and like not liked by society. And the reason why in the actual stories, like in the comics, why they're not liked is because they are super powerful beings and people are afraid of anything that is more powerful than them that they can't control. But like no, but people aren't afraid of other superheroes that aren't mutants. Is my main thing. No one's well, afraid. Some of them are because you also have that. Um, like if you look at Civil War, the reason for Civil War was because people were afraid of the superheroes. Yeah, even but the ones that aren't mutants. I think someone said that the way to the the reason that people are afraid of mutants and not afraid of other superheroes is because. The, uh, they see the mutants as being the next step of evolution, so they're afraid of dying. Yes. Makes sense. That was, I, they, they actually say that in, the, um, in both the comics and the movies. Because that's I, Magneto's position. Magneto's, actually, that's technically Magneto and Charles's position, is that um, mutants are the next step of human evolution. And Charles's position is that we should bring the humans along with us like we should be nice to humans and magneto's like we don't need them <laughs> so because they were never nice to him so fuck them yeah so, it makes sense i i want to know how they're going to do because you can't have world war ii anymore if they're in the present unless you said in the past which is totally legit and you could mm-hmm. you really can't have uh, Magneto be a Holocaust survivor anymore because he'd be either dead or too old. No, but, but you know you could have Magneto survive. What? Anything that we've already seen in the MCU timeline. 
That's true, but not, nothing now, that shows like there are like, aliens that came down. But that that wouldn't work because like you need to show him the horrors of humanity. But I'm sure there's a there's another war that you could pick for him to survive. But what I was thinking and what other people have been discussing is what if he was um, an African American during the during the uh, 50s and 60s and then saw uh, Martin Luther King um, and it really did become Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X in that way. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, no. Um, There are a bunch of reasons why that wouldn't work. Fine, there's plenty of ways that that you can have it work. Okay, so I don't understand why, going back to what you said, when you said, when I said you could have any, any of the events that we've seen in the MCU thus far that are like battles, and you said, no, it has to be human. I, I never said it was an alien that was attacking him. Yeah, sure. You can you. pick one of the events from the MCU, but it has to be something that, the, that humans are responsible for. Exactly. Well, okay, so it's humans that tortured him, right? Yeah. Okay. You can pick any event in the MCU where, like, perfect example, Civil War, Sokovia. Well, yeah, you can pick any of that, okay? Oh, um, didn't that was humans being terrified? Story. When humans are terrified, they lash out and they they threaten the other, right? So let's say with the Sokovia Accords, the reason why Tony was like, "No, we need to sign this," is because people with powers are being attacked by people without powers. Because they don't understand, because they're afraid that they're going to hurt them or something. So you could just have like a microcosm of that and that would work. It would work. In Age of Ultron, wasn't the reason that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver have powers because they were experimented on? Yes, but the reason why they signed up to be experimented on is because of actions of Tony Stark. Not really actions of Tony Stark, but his tech was used to blow up their parents. You could have literally anything work. I mean, but not the Holocaust, but because there would be too old, but something else to trigger that. It Um, just depends on how old you want Magneto and Professor X to be. I really like old Magneto. You want them to be like mid-30s, mid-40s. You don't want them to be 60s, 70s. I like like the old Magneto. uh, I like uh, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. And I like them being the old uh, teachers trying to teach um, young mutants their ways. I really like that. But you can do that if they're in their 40s or whatever. Um, how do I say this? Okay, so I like Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart as Magneto and Professor X. You don't think that that age would work in the MCU? No, because you want, you're, be, you're bringing them in. You don't want to bring in old people just to say like, hey, we could have mutants for the next 20 years. For example, like the reason why they made them younger is because they want to be able to have X-Men movies like before Fox lost, you know, before Fox was bought out, they wanted to be able to show Professor X and Magneto for another 10, 20 years. You're not going to have Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart forever. Look, I didn't like most of the X-Men movies. I liked the first two. I didn't like... um... Uh, 
Apocalypse, and I and to future proof this, I also didn't like Dark Phoenix. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's future proofing. People might go back to this. Okay. And I'm I'm hedging my bets. Okay. Um, I think that, and I didn't see the other one. Um, I am going to say that no matter what happens, I I will be interested in what they do. But my main thing is that I want that I wouldn't say no to them bringing back uh, the people that played young Professor X and Magneto. I would. You would? I say burn it, bring it all, burn it and rise it again like the Phoenix. I mean, fair enough. The only character that I am okay with in the MCU from the Fox X-Men franchise is Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Everything else needs to go. All right, that's fair. But I, I really like their performances in the movies. But I, I see what you mean. And you can They're good actors. I still don't like the way that they were portrayed. Because Fox got too especially with the like the redoing it, uh-huh. they wanted everybody to be nice and happy. And it's funny because a lot of people are like, Oh, Disney makes everything like Disney fied. No, Fox did it. Fox did that with the X Men. Fox made like Magneto friends all the time. Fox made Magneto got- pro- uh, Professor X and Mystique all friends. And it's like that the no exactly. The Mystique villain is never, never a good guy. Mystique is a bad guy. She is always a bad guy. She's also not she as important as Fox uses she, her for. Fox thinks that Mystique is more important than she is. Like she No, Fox she got casted, Jennifer Lawrence. What happened was they cast Jennifer Lawrence and then she became a megastar, so they were like, Okay, she's wait, did I lose you? I uh, know. What happened? I don't know. I have no idea what happened. Okay. Wait, hold on. Right. Oh, there you are. Okay, sorry. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I accidentally touched something and like the screen went away, and I was like, "Wait, what did I do?" <laughs> okay. Um, what happened? What happened in real life was they cast Jennifer Lawrence, who was kind of an up-and-coming star at the time they cast her, and then by the time the second movie came out, she was a megastar, and they were like, "Oh, Mystique's a good guy now. She's in everything." I hate that. They should have left her as is, since she also hates being on the X-Men. Exactly. Not only that, like, Rebecca Remain was way better as Mystique. Yep. Just in general, she was great. Her her character's portrayal was better because she was a bad guy, like she's supposed to be. And she, to me, she looked more the part. Jennifer Lawrence didn't... I, I just never really felt Lawrence as Mystique, except for when she was supposed to be, like, a little girl Mystique. That's the only part that I was okay with. Like, that one scene when she broke into the mansion she was a little kid after that i'm like no i don't really like her as mystique and that wasn't jennifer lawrence it was another actress wasn't it i thought that was jennifer lawrence i don't think so she was way too young if it was another actress then i never liked jennifer lawrence Mystique. there you go (laughs) i reckon that was a kid and when a kid is a better actor than you yeah, that's not good. Just, you know what? I like Jennifer Lawrence in some things. I honestly think her best roles yet were that, or her best role was that of Katniss Everdeen. Because uh, I believed her in those roles. I bought it. I was like, yes, she is Katniss. In Silver Linings Playbook, I was like, she's, this is Jennifer Lawrence. She's, like, not, around. she's not a great actress. She won an Oscar, but I'm just like, she still seems like she's 16. Exactly. She's playing mothers now. But she still yeah. acts like a teenager. 
yeah and, and i think that's it i think the, the problem is like she's i hate to say this but i think like every there's a certain zone that mm-hmm. she is really good in and she is not staying in that lane she's going into other areas and i'm like that ah, get go back you're not good in these other roles like you're trying to play these grown characters and i it's not working like that one in um i can't remember the name of the movie but the I can't say with Bradley Cooper because she does like all her movies with him. Um, the one, ah, yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but it came out around the time of the of Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. It's the one with like a bunch of stars with Christian Bale and everything. And it's gonna drive me crazy that I can't think of the name of it. American Hustle, haha, haha, not it. Yeah. American Hustle is the name of it. Um, I did not believe. I felt like she was a little kid playing with grownups. Yeah. Because had all of these stars who look the ages that their characters are and she looked like she was 24 playing 30 and i'm like no it just i didn't i didn't buy it it's it's one of those things i don't know um okay last notes any last notes on end game um it, it was such an awesome movie i yeah. something that i noticed that a lot of people like, cause I've been like talking to people about it and a lot of people have brought up things. They brought up the timeline thing. Um, some people are like, oh, Tony Stark can come back. The only way in which it would be she, marginally okay for Tony Stark to come back is if he is um, the way that he came back at the very end when he gave his speech to his daughter. Like if like he, a hologram. you play recording, no, the holograms. If you play recordings of him, I'm okay seeing Robert Downey Jr. Other than That's that, fair. Tony Stark is dead. Also um, Captain America um has those uh tapes that he recorded for the school so you could bring him back uh at pete's school yeah you like, can, yeah you could show like a public service announcement from captain america yeah um, those are fine but you can't bring the characters back and you shouldn't right you shouldn't have to make the next captain america with falcon exactly um and natalie portman not natalie portman i don't know why i said that um but um natasha is dead uh-huh. And a lot of people had a problem with that. They were like, what? Why is it her? A lot of, some people had a problem with Sam getting the shield. And I'm like, no, this, this is all, it wraps it up perfectly. I knew that Sam, like when I saw him sitting there with the shield, I'm like, oh, he's going to give it to Sam. People uh-huh. were like, no, it should have been Bucky. Nope, it shouldn't have been Bucky because Bucky stole the shield. Yeah, the only Bucky. thing that, that Bucky has going for him is that he also has like experimented on his like powers or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, but, but like the, the point of Captain America First Avenger... It's not about being, having the serum. Yeah, the point of Captain America First Avenger is that he was Captain America before he got the serum. Exactly. Um, so that's why it goes to Sam. Um, yeah. And then some people were like, oh, Natasha shouldn't have sacrificed herself. No, that's, that was the whole point of the movie. That's actually been the point since the Avengers, since the first Avengers was that she wanted to sacrifice herself to clear all the bad things that she's done. And I guess, you know, sacrificing yourself to bring back half of the universe's population clears the red that's in your ledger. You know what? No matter what she's done, it's just like sacrifice self brings back half the year. Yeah, it's clear. It's clear. It's clear. Yeah, it's, clear. it's official. It's done. She's a good person now. Congratulations. Exactly. And they, like, to me, there was foreshadowing when... We saw her running the Avengers, which she does in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her- that. Hmm? I like that. I like that she was, that Captain America wasn't the leader of the Avengers. 
It was just yeah. sort of piling around. By the way, uh, last bit for me, uh, Stanley's cameo should have been in the support uh, therapy scene. I don't think so, because that would have been too depressing. Uh, but, but like, I like that. I want it to be depressing. I, I like that the idea of him having his final cameo being him helping Captain America support uh, these people would be would be fine. And he can have the line about the whales. The line about the whales? Yeah, Captain America has a line where he's, he's just like, I think I saw some whales, some whales uh, now. And he's just like, oh, I know you're trying, baby, but like, no. Oh well, no! That was, that was when he was talking to Natasha. Yeah, but he could. They could have moved that line to the support group instead. Yeah, I think that line is more in line with Steve's personality. Like, yeah. he's trying to it, of it. It does. It is, and it works. It all works. But I'm just like, instead of having Stanley's final cameo be one where he's driving by and being a dick, um, you can have. You can have him say that line in the in the uh, support group, and I think that would have been better. I don't know. I can't think. I, I want to. I want to think of a good cameo for Stanley's last cameo, and I want it to be an Endgame. I agree with you that I don't like that one in Endgame being his final send off. But to me, I just go with his true send off was the one in in Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is a fantastic send-off. Having not seen it, everything I've heard about it is <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, so that's, to me, that's his send-off. And we just got one more in, in Endgame. But to me, his official send-off was the one in Captain Marvel. Um, My favourite cameo as a sidebar, because we have to finish this soon. But as a sidebar, for, the, for my f- final thing, my favourite cameo of his is in Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Oh, yeah, you showed me that one. It's so sweet because he has one cameo where he's just like, hey, I'm Stan Lee. I have my subtle cameo. And he's just got a big nylon sign with an arrow saying, Stan Lee, subtle cameo. And it's great. And then uh, the director comes in and he's like, hey, Stan, this isn't a Marvel movie. And he's like, what? Oh, fuck this. And then he leaves. Uh, and then he comes back and he's like, I don't care that's DC. I just like cameos. <laughs> I love him so much. And I like, and another final cameo, which I like, is in um, Spider-Verse, where he's just he's like... selling the Spider-Man costume? Yeah, where he's selling the Spider-Man costume. He's like, anyone can be Spider-Man. And then it's, and then it pan, and then it's all sentimental, and everyone's crying, and then it pans, and it's like, no refunds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that one was felt the most because it happened right after he, like, it came out right after he died. It's like um, when Robin Williams died, the final movie that he's in is uh, the movie that came out right after that is Night at the Museum 3. And like, no one gives a shit about Night at the Museum 3. But, <laughs> but his final line as Teddy Roosevelt was like, hey, it's fine that we are going away forever. Because it's sun, because it's sunrise, and it's like ah ah. Now everyone's crying at this stupid fucking movie because <laughs> like like he's saying goodbye to us on this piece of shit movie. <laughs> oh god, that final line was so good. It's just like I don't care. I'm giving this movie five stars. 
that piece of shit, but I love it so much. Sentimental much? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I love being sentimental. These, these movies, uh, this movie in particular, is corny, campy, and cheesy. Three words that describe, that aren't derogatory and people use them as such, but you can be campy, cheesy, and corny when you've got 21 films to back you up. It's just like, yeah, I know it's corny that he's using the shield, but fuck you, he's using the shield. Yes. Um, uh, the thing that I love the most about Endgame mm-hmm. is that it's, it's kind of like The Matrix. Like The Matrix to me was like layered, right? So if you are a nerd, like the brainy part, you could see the symbolism and the psychology and, and the religion and the philosophy and blah, blah, blah. But if you are like, whatever, I want a popcorn movie, action, pow, pow, boom, boom, you could still enjoy it. And to me, Endgame had layers like that, where like, if you've never seen a single Marvel movie, you could still enjoy Endgame because it's still- it's I want to I I interview that person. Hi, person that saw Endgame, but no other Marvel movie ever. Come right. on to this podcast. Let's <laughs> talk to you. Yeah, and and even though you you know you so there are people who only seen a couple of Marvel movies, and it would still be a good movie because it's it is a good movie. But this movie was made for me, for the person who has not only seen every single Marvel movie but has rewatched those bitches so many times that I have them memorized. And I know every single Easter egg and every single callback because not only that, but I just spent three days in the theater rewatching those bitches. The fact and that- I've seen Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I've got all the info. Like this movie was made, I feel like Marvel was like, Kevin Feige was like, we need to make a movie for Jackie. <laughs> we need a movie. We so need to make a movie for Jackie. When she sees it. We need to make a movie for Jackie. And also, I read this weird fan fiction that Daniel wrote about Captain America's butt. We need to that. <laughs> no, no, that was still for Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> that part was still for Jackie. <laughs> uh, so, I feel like it, but honestly, it was. Like, I, when I watched that movie, I was like, the Russo brothers made this just for me. And that's the cool, like, the, like you see a multi-million dollar movie on the big screen and you're like this was made for me for me and the fact that both of us feel that way and like a lot of other people feel that way is why this movie works so well thank you for coming on it was a great time i loved it i loved it so much so did i and i'm probably going to watch it again i'm gonna watch it again i was gonna watch it again now after this i'm like i want to watch it again Dude, when the movie ended, so again, like I had been awake for three days, right? Uh And you'd think I'd be tired, but I was like jacked. I was like firing on all cylinders wide awake. When it ended, I was like, I want to see that again, like right now. I got to get my flu shot today. So I'm going to get my flu shot. And then right after that, I'm just going to Tugra. I'm going to watch it again. It'd be great. (laughs) I've seen it twice. And knowing me... Going by how many times I've seen other Avengers movies, I will probably see it about three more times in the theater. Usually this, usually this podcast is for like our favorite movies, but currently, like nothing's topping this. 
No, right now, this is my favorite movie. Like, once I saw it, I was like, this is my favorite movie. Yeah, it'll settle down in like a... In a few months, it'll settle down. But right now, I'm just like, I cannot think of any other movie that I want to see more than this one. Yeah, well, my... So, I'm, I'm kind of biased because before this, my favorite movies were The Matrix, The First Avengers, and Terminator 2. And now... So, I'm a little bit genre-specific. Yeah, but then enough. after seeing this, I'm like, okay, no, it's it's this. It's this. There's nothing else. Favorite, it's this. This I think is my, my favorite. favorite um, my favorite's still Captain America's Best Avenger. Because um, really? I, love, I love war movies, and I love Captain America, and I love I love everything about it. It's it great. Then, um, maybe Superman the movie or Logan. And then the other one, either Superman the movie or Logan, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, and another one is in my top five. Maybe The Incredibles. Okay. I'm not committing to that. I've got to make a proper list. Well, I mean, if we're going like all the way out, Princess Bride is in my top five. Princess Bride, just as a movie, is my number one. Yeah, no, I'm not talking genres. I'm talking in general. Those are my, these are my favorite movies. Oh, in um, that case. Yeah. In that case, um, to be specific, Princess Bride is my number one, followed by Wolf Children. And then I, I might throw a superhero movie in there. I'm not sure which. I'll think about it. It's fine. Uh, in the meantime... Endgame is my number one right now, and it's followed closely by The Matrix, Princess Bride, Avengers, and also Winter Soldier, because admittedly, when you go back and you're like, okay, Jackie, you have two hours, or you have two and a half hours. You can watch one Marvel movie, but not Endgame, because that's still in theaters. Like, and it's three what hours. Movie do you pick? I pick Winter Soldier almost every time. Winter Soldier is pretty damn good. Um, having it's like Captain America it's, it's what Superman should have done it's like we have you in this context we're going to introduce you in this context and then we're going to move you into different contexts where it's just like this is how the world works and I'm happy and it's fine and I fly around and save people then you go to the big city or the real world or the present and it's just like oh no this is not how, what I expected and I need to I don't need to change my values but rather I need to change what I think the world is like exactly it's to me winter soldier and civil war are about steve remaining the person that erskine saw no matter what happens no matter what happens around him he stays rooted in who he is he stays a good guy he doesn't change exactly that's what i think both winter soldier and civil war were trying to tell us that's a good point. A great note to end on. But I really do have to go. Okie dokie. It was great to talk to you. Good I... talking to you. Maybe um, next time we'll uh, fix the DC universe. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think they're doing fine. they got Shazam and Wonder Woman. You know, I didn't like Shazam at no? all. Everybody well, was talking about how great it was. And I was like, this was good. I haven't seen it. But people in general like it. So I don't think we need to fix the DCU. Well, I'm not going to bother. Not Did with Batman this podcast. Superman? I, 
I'll t- no, no, forget it. Um, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Let's go watch Endgame right. again. Bye. Yes. Bye.